0: the question is this. What is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people, just like you and I, act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question. And this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley, and today we have something very special to celebrate. This is officially our 100th episode. Honestly, I can hardly believe that we're here. It has been such an incredible journey, and I just want to start by saying thank you from the bottom of my heart for the thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads that we get every month. This has truly become my heart's work. It fills me as much as it fuels me, and I'm just so grateful that others are able to get so much value from it as well. So thank you, thank you to every single one of you who have written a review or left a five-star rating. Uh, Honestly, it's over 200 people and counting, and it just means so much. Uh, It's how we grow. So I appreciate it. I read every single one of them. Uh, I adore every single one of them. So I just want to kick off today with the biggest biggest thank you. Truly, I wouldn't be here without you. Given it's our 100th episode, I started thinking about a few ideas about how could I make this special? How could I make this episode something special? How could I give back to you who have all given me so much? And so I started to share with some of you, some of our listeners about, you know, what would you like To cover? What would you like to talk about? What would you like to see for this momentous occasion, if you will? And the response was resounding. We have heard so many incredible stories on this podcast. We've heard from a quad amputee, uh, a mother who lost her two sons in a house fire, a family of five uh, who were homeless living out of the airport for five weeks. Ultimately, I'm overwhelmed and in awe of the resilience of the human spirit. It never ceases to amaze me. And as we reach this milestone of 100 episodes, every story so unique, and yet so many threads and themes that make these journeys similar. And so today as requested (laughs) over and over, I'm going to be sharing my story. I'm going to be here with you sharing my journey. Feels a little weird, I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to be sharing what it looked like to become the host of a top-ranking podcast. I'm a digital marketer and trainer. I'm going to share about that journey. I'm an online course creator, but most importantly, become a woman who's designed and created every drop of my life with intention So I guess I'm going to be interviewing myself, Uh, so let's see how this goes. I I could not bear to read a formal intro about myself, so I'm going to start off with a few fun facts, okay? First fun fact, uh, I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was 37 years old. Up until that point, I'd been a VP with a large multinational ad agency, Uh, and anyone who knows about the corporate life, uh, especially at that level, it had basically become my entire life. It was my friends. It was my work. It was everything. And then my son came along at uh, 39 years old. So I definitely was a late blooming mama, uh, but he changed everything. I'm on my third business since then. I still successfully run two of them. I'm a marketing consultant. I'm currently the uh, chief marketing officer for an artificial intelligence startup, which I love. It's challenging and rewarding. Uh, But I'm also a digital coach and an online course creator, which is something that I am so passionate about uh, actually helping others create and design their dream lives. I mean, who gets to say they wake up and do that every day? Hopefully some of you do. And obviously I also host this podcast, which just so happens to have found me When I needed it most, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Another fun fact, I was born in the UK, in England, just outside of London. That's something a lot of people don't know about me. Uh, I grew up there till I was 12 years old. And I guess I wouldn't say life had been easy up until that point. I mean, I grew up in a home with my older brother and my unhappily married parents, Uh, who tried to, you know, numb the pain of that with alcohol, which in reality just amplified the drama. So I wouldn't necessarily consider those years the highlight years, but they weren't horrific either. You know, all in all, I am eternally grateful for the foundation that I have. Uh, When I was 12, uh, my mom married my now stepfather. So there was a bit of a, you know, bumpy divorce and, uh, you know, it was was a little messy back in the day. Uh, And then we moved to Canada that same year. Uh, which was a bit of an awkward age for a big move like that. But the most heartbreaking piece was leaving my dad behind. I I just have this vivid memory of him and I sitting in the car and he is sobbing, like sobbing the day he dropped me off and we were leaving the next day. And so we weren't going to see each other for a long time. Uh, And, you know, that was really my first true heartbreak. I'd never seen him so much as shed a tear. Up until that day. And he was my everything growing up. He was, you know, my savior in a somewhat bumpy upbringing. And he'd become my sense of stability, my sense of direction, my sense of normalcy. Is that a word? Normalcy? We're going to go with it. And I was, you know, petrified that this move was going to tear us apart. But as fate would have it, uh, it actually brought us much closer. We recorded cassette tapes for any of you who remember what those are uh, with long voice messages to each other. Um, You know, there's no Skype or Zoom or, you know, long distance phone plans back then. Dating myself a little, uh, but we spoke on the phone every Monday and after school and every uh, every school holiday, Christmas, March break, summer, uh, I would go back home. I would go back to England, and from twelve when I moved to Canada to nineteen, that was my life, and he truly was the center of my life. You know my mom and I we really struggled through those teen years. We loved each other for sure, but I was a handful to say the least uh, for her and for my stepdad. And my dad and I grew closer and our relationship grew stronger. He became my rock, my mentor, you know, my best friend, truly. And he died suddenly when I was 19 years old. I'd just flown back to Canada from visiting him for the summer five days prior. And I, you know, I got to tell you, my world shattered And the reason I want to share this part of my journey is because it was a real turning point for me. And I know many of you have those moments that are just forever, you know, ingrained into you. They're like carved into your memories and they have become part of who you are. And for me, it was the first time in my life that my world felt so out of control. You know, I didn't see anything like that coming. The rug had been completely pulled out from under me and all of that stability that I had handed over to someone else, uh, as many of us do as kids, you know, had just completely crumbled. And I think that experience or that feeling um, is something that unifies us as humans. Like, I know I'm not the only person that has been through something like that. God knows the amount of people I've spoken with, you know, through doing this podcast that have been through something like that. You know, not necessarily losing a parent, but just being at the tragic effects of life's circumstances. You know, and for me, it would be years and, you know, many mistakes and many wrong turns before I even remotely understood that it is who we choose to be in the face of those circumstances that define us, not the circumstances themselves. But in that moment, you know, I lost my way. I entered what I affectionately refer to as the blurry years, um, you know, and for me, the way that I coped was with years truly of wild partying, numbing drug abuse, which led to years of anxiety attacks and deep depression, which ultimately led me to multiple therapy sessions a week, group therapy, one-on-one therapy, lots of therapy therapy which finally led me to the deep end of the personal development world, which, you know, I am forever grateful. That's one thing looking back on my life and thinking, gosh, what a mess that was, or, you know, would I do it differently? Uh, I, I wouldn't. In fact, I couldn't, I couldn't be here with, you know, the life that I have and the family that I had if I hadn't walked my path. And so I authentically and truly mean that I'm grateful for every misstep, every, you know, you know, messy (laughs) pile that I've made uh, along the way. Uh, But it was when I found my way to, you know, this deep end of the personal development world, I really did kind of like jump in both feet all the way because that was where I could finally see the pathway to taking the reins of my life again. Uh, And I began the journey back to myself because I truly was lost. But finally, I found a way that I started to be able to recognize myself again and find myself again. And that's really... When I was, you know, really going through all of the personal development, I was, like I said, a a lot of therapy Um, and it was there that I became obsessed with the human spirit and what we're capable of enduring, you know, just obsessed with the fact that we've created and shaped who we are, that I was responsible for creating and shaping who I was, which meant I was responsible and capable of shaping myself into who I wanted to be. That my ways of being weren't set in stone, that real change was possible. That was mind blowing for me when I first really started to understand that. You know, just to ultimately, to my core, realize that I'm 100%, 100%, excuse me, responsible for all of it, for the bad as much as the good. But that was okay with me. If I was responsible for all of it, including all of the bad, then I had the ability to change it. And you know, having 100% control on how I look at the world, how I relate to the world, how I engage with the world, that happiness was a choice. I think that was the biggest one, looking back. you know, During the blurry years, <laughs> there were weeks, sometimes months, where I barely got out of bed. I mean, they would be followed by a few good months, but it would land me straight back into that dark place again. I wouldn't return calls. I would be hiding away from friends, family, all of it. I would just bury myself truly. Uh, I was living in a basement apartment and I would read books, but nothing helpful or useful. I would read, you know, what I call like beach fluff books. No disrespect for those books. They have a time and a place, but I would just be like consuming them the same way now. (laughs) If I, if I, you know, dealing with uh, the desire for a mental break. I will watch Netflix or something. That's what I was doing. Then I was just numbing and avoiding um, in in other ways. But it was like a real deep weight of unhappiness and one that I always felt I couldn't share with the world, that I had to hide that part of me away, that if I couldn't you know, put on a smile and tell the world that I was fine, then I best stay at home, I best stay in bed. Like any good British person would do. Anyone uh, who knows and loves a British person or is in fact a British person, excuse me, person knows, you know, it's always about a stiff upper lip. If you know, if you can't keep it together, then you should just, you should, you know, keep it to yourself. But once I truly understood that happy, wasn't something that happens to us, that it's something that we have to choose, that I was actually in control of my happy. In an instant, truly, that loop, that depressed kind of loop, it disappeared, that loop disappeared. Like it almost had an off switch for me. This is obviously my experience. Um, I, I don't know if anyone else has ever had that experience. I've um, never shared it in this way, I don't think. Um, and it doesn't mean that I don't get sad or depressed from time to time. Uh, <laughs> just ask my husband. God knows I do. Uh, but it's never consumed me in that way again. It has never completely swallowed me up. And so from there, I started to get a handle on myself, on my emotions, on my state. Because once I realized I was choosing it and I had the control over it, i'd lost the good excuse to stay in that dark place once I realized that I was responsible. I was able to kind of shake myself out of it and say well i 'm doing this to myself if I want something different it 's all up to me and that was a really empowering place for me and so from there, I did what all good Gen Xers do and what we're taught to do. I found a career uh, with good pay and good benefits I worked hard I worked. Harder and harder until work became my whole life. I mean, I worked my way up to a corner office on the top floor of an ivory tower. I was a a VP with one of the world's largest advertising agencies. And, you know, I would say it was really that view from that window where I realized that I hadn't necessarily chosen. Actively this life and I started to ask some real deep questions of myself About what I wanted to do Why I was doing this how it had become my entire life Because uh, I wasn't someone who grew up as a young girl thinking I just want to be You know a VP in an ad agency. I I, I loved my job. I was good at my job um, But I couldn't help thinking there was something more without sounding like a total cliche, uh, I was entirely unsure of what more meant. I was unsure of myself outside of that environment. Um, I was scared of the answers to those questions because as I started to ask those questions, you know, the answers that were coming up weren't ones that were gonna keep me on the path that I knew and that I trusted. Um, they were steering me <laughs> elsewhere. And honestly, like, I wanted to have something that was more fulfilling. I wanted to be in control of my dreams and how big they could be. I wanted to feel as though I was making a difference. And uh, I looked for avenues in my career where I could do that. And I would definitely, you know, dabbled in my personal life and where in ways that I could fill that void. But ultimately, it wasn't enough. And so at the peak of my career, um, I walked away. And, you know, I, at first I, I took a, a sidestep. So, you know, I started my entrepreneurial journey as a marketing consultant. So the big agencies that I once worked for, they now became my clients. Uh, I was able to target, charge a heck of a lot more um, and to choose the projects that I wanted to work on. But I was still working harder than ever, often double, triple booked. Uh, because I was really scared that, you know, you never know where your next client is coming from. You don't really know when the next project is, com- project is coming down the pipe. And so I was taking everything and I was blessed. There were, all, there was always more projects coming, but um, it never, uh, it never gave me the comfort or satisfaction um, and the security that stopped me from like really overloading myself with uh, projects. And that, Right in that moment is where I had my first child. That was six years ago. Uh, Six years ago this February. I was 39 years old um, with my incredible husband. I'd gotten married somewhere in there. Who, fun fact, is the editor for this podcast. So hi, honey. Uh, I love you. I'm eternally grateful for all the effort you put into this project. All the support that you give me. Uh, So big kiss to you. But yeah, now we have an almost six-year-old boy, a three-year-old girl, and they have both (laughs) become my greatest teachers. Uh, Another fun fact, for the first time, I can confidently say that I have created, or we have created, my husband and I, every single piece of our lives. Like We actually wrote it all out. We decided that we wanted to create each piece instead of kind of living in default or, um, just, you know, just, we wanted to design it and then go after it, you know, just whatever your magic wand life would be your dream version. Uh, and so that's, we kind of set on a path to bring it to life. And I shared this story recently and somebody asked me, you know, how did I find the confidence to change direction? Uh, And the answer is, I did not. I did not find the confidence. Uh, I did not know that it was the right time. In fact, I never have. And I want to share with you a piece of advice that I was given. Uh, And it was, in fact, the best piece of advice I've ever been given. And I was nine years old. And it has shaped my entire life this one piece of advice. I was at a community center swimming pool. Uh, so this was in England, obviously I was nine. I moved to Canada when I was 12. So uh, I was there with my mom and my brother and some of, uh, his friends. And my brother is three and a half years older than me. And, uh, they were all jumping off this high board. There was, it was like a, it was a big pool with like lanes and, you know, some people are doing laps and some people are just having like free play in other lanes. And down at the end, there was three different levels of high boards. And so my brother and his friends older than me, uh, were all jumping off the high one. And up until this point, I had only jumped off the bottom one, uh, which was still, you know, I was nine. Uh, it was still, like, I was proud of that fact. Uh, but my brother, who was there with his friends, usually pays no attention. Me, kept saying, let's go, go jump off the top one, go jump off the top one. Uh, and I was too afraid. I was too, it just looked out of my comfort zone. And, and I just kept saying no. And then finally, um, you know, free play ended. Free play, free swimming. Our time was up. And so my, my brother and uh, there was three of his friends. And I started drying off by the side. And I said to my mom, mom, just, I'm going to do it. Like I finally mustered the courage that I'm going to go up to this high board and I'm going to jump off. And I said to my brother, I was like, wait, wait, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. And he's like, all right. So him and his friends, you know, standing there in their towels, watch me as I like climb up this ladder, climbing and climbing. I go past the first one. And then I round up the second one. I'm looking down past the second one thinking I'd never even jumped off of there before thinking like... I can't like this is like I'm getting out of my league here. And so I go up and I go up and I go up and I'm now on the top platform. It's probably higher than I've ever been anywhere in my life at that point. And I was just almost paralyzed with fear. And I like walked out a little bit, you know, maybe a foot from the edge. And I looked down and it just in my head, I was just like, oh, like I am, I'm just not ready for this. And I remember repeating over and over, like, I'm I'm not ready for this. And I looked around, I looked down, and my brother and his friends were like, just jump, it's going to be great, just do it, just do it. And my mom just silently watching, and I was just paralyzed, truly. Like, I was just frozen. The thought of turning around and going back and, you know, disappointing my brother. I was nine, and I had these expectations of myself and what others thought, you know, what others would think about me. And my heart broke a little, but I turned around, and I climbed down every single step and with each one as i got closer and closer to the bottom just feeling like oh you know just a failure just a, like i'd let myself down and i was i walked over to my mom and honestly i i must have looked like i was about to cry i was keeping it together i wasn't crying and my mom gave me a big hug and she said don't worry you know we'll come back again next week you can you can try again and i looked at my mom and i said I just didn't feel ready. And she said, oh, and she bent down. I'm a little uh, emotional about it because I lost my mom a couple of years ago. And so I'm very grateful for this moment. But she bent down. So matter of fact, oh, honey, you're not supposed to feel ready. You've never done that before. You're never going to feel ready. You're just going to have to jump, even though it feels Like you're not ready yet. And I remember I looked up at her and I was like, oh, it was such an important moment for me because I was waiting or convincing myself to wait until I didn't have those feelings to wait until I had the confidence that I needed to jump. And in that moment, I was like, oh, wait, maybe this is how it, that was how it was supposed to feel. And, you know, by this time, my, my brother and his friends are, you know, not paying any attention to me and my mom, but they're like packing up their bags and stuff. And she looked at me and she said, do you want to give it another try? And in that moment, I got excited to be like, oh, I think I could do that and feel terrified. And so I ran back up and I step after step after step. But as I got closer again, all the fear came back about how high I was being. And I took step after step after step after step. And I got to the top of my chest. My heart was pounding out of my chest. And I looked around and my, fr- my brother and his friends are back, like staring up at me and cheering. And I truly, in that moment, was overcome again with this paralyzing fear And somehow I said to myself, you know, this feeling is okay. You just have to jump. And I ran. I didn't like walk out to the edge. I didn't hang with my toes over the edge. I ran and I jumped. You know what? It wasn't the best jump, but I like slapped my arm and it hurt and it stopped. But I had overcome something that I genuinely believed was impossible. And I learned my life's greatest lesson. And that is that that we can't wait to act until we're confident to do something. If we've never done something before, how are we going to be confident that we're good at it? It's just—it's it, illogical. Courage is what I needed. And the minute I knew that it was okay, that it felt scary, that it felt impossible, that it felt like I couldn't do it, that it was supposed to feel that way because I hadn't done it yet. I hadn't built the confidence that courage was the thing that I needed I was able to make that jump and I was able to carry that lesson with me forever. You know, it's courage first. Confidence is the reward. Confidence is what you earn from being courageous. So, if there's anywhere in your life that, you know, you're feeling like you just can't do it, it could be something as small as picking up the phone and calling someone to as big as launching a business or you know, pitching your screenplay or writing a book or starting a YouTube channel, whatever the thing is, if you don't feel ready, just know that you shouldn't. Why would you feel ready if you've never done it before? And, you know, I lived that philosophy um, ever since. I've pushed past so many boundaries. You know, I've done things like skydiving, scuba diving at night. Um, you know, I did a ten-day silent meditation retreat before I'd ever meditated. Like that was day one of meditation. Was straight into a ten-day silent meditation retreat. A uh, thirty-day hot yoga challenge—the first time I ever tried yoga, I did it for thirty days straight, every day. You know, I gave up sugar for a year. I traveled solo to countless third-world countries to volunteer. Uh, I lived with no running water or electricity uh, in Africa. I walked dirt paths for miles in Peru. Um, I've built homes out of bamboo. Uh, I was in Nepal. I picked clementines, you know, in the farmlands of China. And every one of those things, there were countless more, scared the bejesus out of me. I didn't feel ready for any of them, just like I didn't feel ready to walk away from my almost 20-year career. I didn't feel ready to tackle IVF after multiple miscarriages. I didn't feel ready to start this podcast. I don't wait to feel ready anymore. I look for opportunities to feel courageous. You know, and that's where I am now. I've created a life that fills me You know, I have a client roster of people filled with desire to make their dream lives come true. Like I've surrounded myself with people like that who choose unstoppable on the daily. You know, I've also created an online automated business that allows me to generate recurring income from anywhere in the world because it lines up perfectly with the goals and the dreams and the desires of the kind of life my husband and I wanted to have the kind of life we wanted to live, you know, and the greatest gift of all that is I spend as much time as I choose with my family. You know, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Sometimes I choose not to be with them. Um, and like, I work hard. This isn't, uh, this isn't the easy road that I chose. This isn't the easy path, but I work hard when it works for me. You know, I often ask my guests, If you had one piece of advice to give someone listening in, what would it be? And so I'll ask myself, um, mine would be to choose unstoppable. To remember that focusing on the circumstances that life hands us isn't what's important. Rather to choose who we are going to be in the face of them. And so I ask you, Who are you going to be in the face of your circumstances? Because it's all up to you the same way. It's all up to me. And look, before I leave you today, again, I want to express my undying gratitude for all of you who've been listening in, writing to me, writing reviews, recommending this podcast to your friend. You will truly never know how much it means to me that you're out there. So thank you. Uh, And it got me to thinking. What can I do to show you my gratitude? And so I thought back on all of the questions that I get asked most about this podcast on what I can do to celebrate you. And while that may be a surprise, what the question I am most asked is, that's the one I'm choosing to answer. That question is, how can I start a successful podcast? Many of you listening in have dreams or desires of starting something just like this. You know, I'm always asked, how did it rank so high on iTunes? We launched at number three in entrepreneurship within 48 hours of launching. How do I find my, these incredible guests? right down to what equipment do I use. And so I'm doing something for you that I have never done before. And I'm going to hold a five day, create a top ranking podcast challenge. Okay. So I'll be sharing exactly how I did it step-by-step and a few things that I would do differently knowing what I know now. So if you have ever thought about starting your own podcast, or even if you have one and you'd like to grow it, come and join us. It is completely free. It is my gift to you. I'm going to drop the link to join the group in the show notes here, but it's a closed Facebook group uh, and I'm going to be launching it on January the 12th. Okay. It's only going to be up for a limited time just so that you actually come and do it with me. Okay. So be sure to head over there now. You can request to join right away. And that's it. That my friends is my story. At least it's a sliver of it. And that is our 100th episode. We have such an incredible roster of guests lined up for 2021, you guys. They are going to blow you away. I am forever in awe of the people who are willing to come on the show and share their journeys. Uh, So be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that you don't miss a drop. And look, I've never promoted any of my one-on-one coaching programs or courses or what I do here. But if you're looking... For some extra support in getting your business off the ground or scaling it to the next level, then feel free to check out my website. Okay. Again, it's in the show notes. It's carrimcauley.com. Excuse me. And you'll learn all about my business journey. Okay. I am all about authenticity and sharing yourself. And that I do on my Facebook page. I document the whole thing the good, the bad, the ugly. God knows there's a lot of all of those things. And my page name is Carrie McCauley, Unplugged Entrepreneur. Okay. And that's at unplugged, unplugged entrepreneur. If you're searching, uh, we're over 20,000 strong over there, uh, which again, just blows me away. So I'd love to see you over there with us too. So until next week, my friends choose unstoppable. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me. If you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose unstoppable.